Hello, you are listening to the podcast DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family. And today we are going to speak with Shara, who is going to share the process that she went about in finding her biological family, her father and sister. And so welcome to the show, Shara. Hi, thank you. I'm glad to be here. It is through DNA that you discovered a half-sister, and you were able then to also identify your father in that process. I guess one of the things I always have been asking the guests in the very beginning is just to share a little bit about your childhood, who raised you, so how was it that maybe your father wasn't a part of your life, Um, so what was it about your childhood, who raised you, and then anything else that you might want to share about your family life growing up. Okay, well, okay. Well, first of all, I knew nothing was different about me um, from my siblings growing up. My parents have been married to date 57 years, the parents who raised me. (laughs) Um, Biologically, uh, it's my mother, but then officially a stepfather that I, they were only uh, separated less than a year when I, when my mother started seeing someone else, they were young 20s. Um, but they had married when they were like 16 years old and uh, are now in their 70s. So they they just had a little break, and she went on to see someone else and then ended up getting back together with him. Uh, he was in the military, so he was away, but he chose that. I mean, he chose to, to send her away from the base where he was stationed and send her back to our home state. Uh, so since he sent her away with the three older children she had, um, they were born in the mid-60s, and the last one was born in 1970. Um, so that one would have been about, she was two and a half when I was born. Um, and by the time uh, she was farther along in her pregnancy, they reconciled their marriage. So, see, I never knew anything. My siblings were too young to really know what was going on. They didn't know anything. I was actually a daddy's girl. I, I knew by actions and deeds and attention, I knew nothing of what to miss. The only thing I knew from the time I was little was that I looked different. I have uh, blue eyes and long, long hair and a full hair, and my siblings have thinner hair and brown eyes. So it's not that I looked like a different, different ethnicity, really. It's just that I knew I didn't look the same like everybody else. I talked different a little bit. I, uh, I was thinner than them, although they weren't heavy, but I was thinner than them. I just I just felt little things, and, and I couldn't quite put a finger on it. I asked my mother, maybe I was about 8 or 10 years old, I asked her, was I adopted? And she said, no, you were in my tummy, and you weren't adopted. And she left it like that. And then when I was 18 years old, one of my older siblings confided in me quietly that, that I had a different biological father, but she gave me a different name. It wasn't the name that I found. And I matched with by DNA. <laughs> and so I sat on that. I'm 47 now, and I was told, like I said, I was 18. I sat on that all these years just with a big question mark. But it was like a heavy question mark that I was carrying around on my shoulders, and it kept coming to me in my thoughts. And every so often, I would just ponder that, you know, until finally I decided I'm just going to just do it. I'm just going to contact Ancestry and order the kit. I did that in May, and my results came, I think I mailed the kit on May 15th, and my results came in on June 27th with immediate matches, and my highest match was uh, 2090, so that was definitely a high match, and it turned out to be a half-sister, and so that's why 
connected there. You go from <laughs> 18 to 47. Yes. Uh, and so those years in between, and you were given a name, you said, at the age of 18 of the person that was believed to be your biological father. Now, did you Correct. ever look up that name? Did you ever inquire about that? Or was that just kind of a mystery uh, man for you? You didn't want to uncover he was, anything. And he had passed away when I was 24, 25. I, I, he was uh, someone known to my family. So, so uh, but I didn't look like him either or his children. So I didn't really, I never followed up on it. I always wondered, but I never followed up on it. And then he passed away, so I just left it alone. <laughs> It was kind of the little secret that you weren't going to explore and just kind of accept it. But then you're... I wasn't lacking anything in my childhood. I had a great father. I thought father, let's say. I had a great dad. I had all the love I could want. Um, Hard worker. He treated my mother with the utmost respect. We never saw them argue. Grew up in a Christian, actually Mennonite family. (laughs) Uh, I never... I never thought anything was amiss. Come to find out, they became Christians when they reconnected. She she met some people who witnessed to her when she was pregnant with me. And then so when they got back together, they chose the church to go to and, and, and turn their life over to the Lord. So I never knew anything as a child growing up in that strict environment that I never knew that there was any such thing as separations and marriages. I never knew there was something other than death and remarriage, if that makes sense. I never knew there was another possibility for my conception. So I just said, was I adopted? That's all I could think of to ask. At the age of 47, then, you do go through this process. You contact Ancestry. You get a kit. What was the motivating factor really behind it? Was it that you really wanted to have those unanswered questions answered now? Yes. I was just tired of carrying around that big question mark, <laughs> that wonder, that wonder I had in my mind the whole my, my whole life, basically. Why am I different? Uh, I love my father, my, my dad. I love my dad dearly, but I just knew it was something I needed to find out. And your highest match then was, as you said, a half-sister. And you yes. were able then to reach out to her. And, of course, being a half-sister, you knew that you both shared uh, a parent. And so it was pretty easy then to figure out that it was the same father. Now, tell us about this half-sister did you end up meeting her, and what was that like when you first met her? Okay, well, first of all, because my parents married at 16, I knew she wasn't my mother's. I knew I wasn't connected to her through my mother right away. <laughs> uh, they married at 16, and I know my oldest sister from their marriage, so I knew it had to be a half-sister from my biological father. I knew immediately. There was no question about it. Um, so then... Um, I contacted her, and she actually, I worked first shift, and she worked second shift. So even though I immediately emailed her, it wasn't until the next day, which felt like an eternity, <laughs> that she answered me back, and she was actually adopted. She was in a, a, Her conception was very similar to mine. Um, so she was adopted, and she knew nothing. She knew, she knew no answers. We got a search angel to help us put the pieces together. Um, we met... We first had contact June 28th, and then we didn't meet until the middle of, um, like, the third week of July. Okay. And then we saw each other. Every, we've seen each other every Sunday, every Sunday since, and she lives 45 minutes from me. Oh, that's great. So you can hang out. You can spend time. You're really catching up. Yes, you, yes and, it, and it feels great. 
Now, you have other biological siblings, right, you mentioned. So so this is an additional relationship now that you're introducing into your family. Is that right? That is exactly it. I did introduce her. Um, when I first found out my news, I went, I sat on it for a little while. I told my adult sons, and um, I went on vacation out of state, stayed gone a week and a half, and came back, and then I went to talk to my mother who with tears in her eyes admitted it, and I told her the name that I had for a biological father candidate, and she she said yes. Um, it turns out that my biological great-grandfather was an identical twin. So the search angel reached out to other search angels. To <laughs> they had to narrow down which, which brother and which cousin it was that was my father because the identical twins just throw in a, throw in a wrench in your, <laughs> in your progress, you know. So, um, so I had to confirm with her. I can't just say, I know this is my father. I had to say, I did the DNA test, and she said, I know, and I've been praying that, that this would turn out for the best, and I've been praying for good results for you, but I was waiting for you to come to me. <laughs> so, um, so I showed her the picture. Uh, Ancestry gives uh, yearbook pictures for, for a lot of people. So I showed her that his high school picture and although he looked different than at age 31 than he did at age 16 or at 17, but she confirmed by just by his name. And uh, she said it was almost 50 years of trying to forget. She said, I don't remember everything. I've tried to block things out, but that is the right name. What was your first interaction then with your half-sister like? And now you've continued to hang out with her every Sunday. You get together. You're able to share kind of in that sisterly bond now. But how has that been like just to have this newfound relationship for you? It's been great. And I'm hoping for a lifelong friendship uh, so far. We stay in contact almost daily by text. Um, I've even introduced her to to one of my sons that lives local to me, and um, to my mom and stepdad. I've, I've introduced them. My dad, I call him my dad. He's, he raised me. He loves me, <laughs> and I love him. So I introduced him to my parents um, after I had to carefully break down and tell my dad after I told my mom. I, I waited uh, another two weeks before I told him. Um, and they came to my home and met her. And my, my dad told her, welcome to the family. We're glad to have you. So he didn't want me to know. He was going to take it to his deathbed, but he uh, he said, now that we know and now that you're matched, we'll welcome her too. <laughs> well, that's great because sometimes, you know, I would imagine that the person that was a part of your life that raised you, that really you called dad, that there might be some sort of fear about, well, now this person's reaching out to their relative, this newfound relative, and are they going to try to start replacing us who were a part of their life for so long? And it seems like he's very open to this and very supportive of it. Uh, he's supportive, uh, uh, shockingly supportive, but he, like I said, we're very close. We have a close relationship. He was hurt that I wanted to know more. He, he, he thought, I guess, that he, he was there enough and loved me enough that I wouldn't question it, um, which, which I appreciate that love and I appreciate that relationship, but I still wanted to know. I still, it, was, it was weighing me down. It was so much that I just had to know, but um, it, as it turns out, there are, there are more siblings than <laughs> we've just learned of two more siblings. So, <laughs> so there's even more. Uh, and the other thing is I have reached out to the biological father, but I have not told my parents. They don't know. The ones that raised me in and I won't tell them. If they don't ask, I'm not going to. They don't need to know that. <laughs> sure. And hopefully, you know, as they see this newfound friendship, this newfound relationship with your half-sister, 
as they see how happy it makes you and as they see it really flourish in your life, you know, that'll help to continue to convince them that this was the right thing for you uh, to enter into this discovery. Right. And I, I agree. And I think at this point in our lives, my parents, like I said, they're in their 70s and I'm almost 50. It's not like I'm a teenager rebelling. I mean, I've had my life. I've lived my life. They've lived their life and um, a very close-knit family. And I think they can see that I'm not doing anything from fear or anything from anger. Or I, So I think that's how they're accepting this. One of the things you already alluded to is the fact that you met your biological father, that you went and reached out to him, and you did this uh, in concert with your half-sister. You both went, and then you had a letter, I believe, that you gave to your biological father, and can you just tell us about that interaction and what that was like maybe for you and his response and everything along those lines? Okay. Well, she she just had a day off work unexpectedly, and she worked second shift seven days a week, and I worked first shift. And so it's hard. It's been hard to match up our schedules to have any lengthy visit, uh, really. So she she just messaged me and said, I, "I've got the afternoon off. Uh, would you like to go and do some research and maybe go look up his house?" And we did. She came. She lives forty five minutes away from me. And then he lives kind of in a county, like our counties where each of us live is like in a triangle. So we had to drive another 45 minutes to find his house. <laughs> we took detailed letters uh, from my conception to my dad that raised me. I told him everything. Uh, reminded him of how she met him, all this stuff. And, and his career, the way he met her, was it turned out to be true. His boss that she she knew turned out to be the right boss, so she, he knew I wasn't making it up. So that was good. Um, when we got there, we pulled up in the car, and there was another woman in front of us in the driveway who was, we thought it was his wife or something. We didn't know who she was. So he happened to be out on the, out on the porch or out on the steps because the woman in front of us happened to be taken from a birthday present. It just happened to be his 78th birthday. And we didn't know it. We we hadn't found a birth certificate, so we didn't know his exact birthday. We just knew he was born in 1941. Um, so what we had in our hands, we had planned to find his mailbox and quietly slip it in the mailbox and leave with old pictures of our mothers, uh, pictures of he, uh, side by sides of uh, he and I and and the uh, half sister and and him. Um, information about how we discovered it was him that we matched with also with one of his half-brothers uh, and then our detailed letters. And we were just going to leave it, but he just happened to be out on the porch, and I said, let's do it. <laughs> so the other lady left. We were trying to be discreet because he was saying, what do you got for me? It's my, you're bringing me something too? So we were trying really hard to not let this stranger know why we were there. We didn't want it, you know, look bad. <laughs> we didn't know what to think or what how they would think. So the other lady who was delivering something left, and my half-sister drove. So she had to go let her out of the driveway, and he said, okay, I, I'm going to go in and eat my birthday dinners waiting for me. He was going inside. He was going to leave me standing there. And I said, wait, wait, we need you out here. So I had to tell him by myself why I was there and that she was moving the car, and we, were, we had planned on doing it together. And so she lost about one or two minutes of the initial uh, introduction, I guess. Um, and although he... he flatly told me he did not remember me he did remember her mother which made it better for me because it made my story more believable 
he remember her. He remembered her name, that she lived there with him. He said she, he told us that. We did not know that. Her mother lived with him with her children while her husband was away. Let's just say it like that. <laughs> um, come to find out, that gave my story more credibility because otherwise, you know, be gone with you. I don't know who you are. <laughs> Uh, but uh, he, he, she also had a letter for him, and we left it with him, and his significant other read it all and looked it over and looked at pictures and held them up, and we have a striking resemblance to him. There's no question about that. So I think he just had time to, to think about it, and we said think about it, and, and we'll let you contact us if, if you're ready, willing and ready. Um, so then we followed up with a belated birthday card, uh, in the mail, and I actually got mine in the mail one or two days before she did. So he wrote to me first. I don't know that he's written her yet. But he, he started the letter off with my new, to my new daughter, and even though he said he didn't remember her, he said, I guess blood, blood tests don't lie, do they? That's what he said. So hmm. It's just a, a sloppy little shaky handwritten letter, but at least he acknowledged me. It was kind of the spur-of-the-moment decision then for you and your half-sister to go on this little trek. Now, can you just clarify, I guess, how was it that you were able to identify him to be the biological father? Well, we couldn't do it on our own. We had search angels help us. They connected us to two other people, and I think they were emailing to other people. And so with our little family trees that we're trying to piece together ah. between three or four of us all communicating with the same one or two search angels, that's how they pieced it together. Because it turns out, in addition to my half-sister, there was another person who was also uh, had a shock. Uh, end of, her, her mother had an end-of-life shock uh, on a parent's deathbed that said, I'm not, your, I'm not your true father, and that, that made it uh, the other person to the, do the ancestry as well. So we, none, of us, none of us knew each other before the test results came in. Yeah, what a crazy birthday gift to be able to give this man to say, hey, I'm showing up here. I didn't know it was your birthday, but we're your two daughters, and we <laughs> wanted to meet you. You get back in the car then uh, with your half-sister. You went on this journey together. What was your conversation like on the 45-minute drive back to your house? It was, a, it, it was a fast drive back, a long drive there. We, we were kind of uh, letting out a breath of air like we had been holding for all these three or four weeks that it, for us it's it actually happened pretty fast it all just kind of laid out um none of us would have even met had we not had someone else helping us but uh, on the way back we just thought about well he's he's got all the facts in front of him he just has to digest it and at least he can start thinking about her conception and then we figured then he'd follow up with me but it, it appears that he contacted me first uh, on the way back, we just talked about if, if he doesn't accept us or doesn't want us or doesn't want to contact us, at least we have each other. That's what we said. This is all fresh uh, for him, for you, for your half-sister. Uh, you've already talked a little bit about what your dream is for the future with your half-sister, that you're already forging this very good friendship and, and really sister bond. But do you have any dreams or wishes for this future with your biological father? At this point in our lives, just a relief to know. <laughs> Period. It's a relief to know. I, I, if he if he reaches out and, and invites me over, I will go. But I'm not going to push him. 
Sure. I, I'm content. I'm content. I had I had a happy up, upbringing, and not everyone has that. I realize that. I'm not naive to that. Um, my half-sister was adopted, had a happy upbringing, but she always also always wanted to know. So, so what we've decided is if nothing comes past this, if nothing comes from this, we at least know that we have each other. And she was raised with one adopted brother, not related to her. So she's happy to even know that she has a sister. She said, I've, I've raised with one brother only. So for her, it was something brand new because I was raised with a house full of siblings. At the very least, every year you'll have to send him a birthday card since you met him on his <laughs> birthday. Exactly. So there are other people that might be in your situation. Do you have any advice for them as they begin their process of searching out and finding their family members? Well, I've kind of already given some advice on uh, the group we're on on Facebook. Uh, it's a private group where people reach out for help or tell their stories. And I don't know if you want to tell the group name. I'll let you do that. But uh, I've told people, just, just do it. Just, just don't don't drag your feet because you don't know how many days we have left on this earth. You don't know how long we're going to live. And life is short. Just do it. That's what I tell people. And you already alluded to this earlier again, but there are two other half-siblings, I believe, that you've discovered, or maybe is it just one? Uh, yes, we knew of one because my mother used to babysit for one of them who, who the biological father had custody of. Uh, it's not until we went out there to meet him that he told us there was a second child, and um, I've been a sleuth, and all over the internet, I've found them. I found them yesterday. And I guess, what was that like for you to, to know that there's even more, that your family continues to expand? <laughs> well, let me just start off by saying I saw their pictures on Facebook, and we all look alike. <laughs> if we would if, if we would have been raised in the same house, it would have been no question, but and, and still there's no question. Never have met each other, and here's those four of us that all resemble the bio father incredible so i've reached out to a niece I, I found the person the first name i knew i was spelling it wrong um so when i figured out a different way to spell it and found them then uh i think i found a marriage record on ancestry.com and so that led me to the wife's name because he he did not have a facebook but she did i figured out how to type her name in and pulled her up and started looking at posts because although the friends list is private, the posts have people tagged in them. So I was like, oh, great. So I've, I found a daughter and I messaged her and she's out of the country on vacation, but <laughs> she's got a different time zone, totally different time zone being out of the country right now. But she has been texting me like mad and I'm so happy I found her. She's been very helpful for someone half my age. Wow. That's... Um, so she's going to put me in touch with him this evening, but after our phone call. Wow, it's such a crazy story, and to see how it continues to unravel and the story continues yeah. to write itself, it's its almost like a to-be-continued type of a story and show. Yes, and every week it's something new, so I'm just like, what's next? I'm going to get used to that feeling of what's next. <laughs> and then it's all going to cool off and simmer for a while, and I'm going to be like missing that excitement. <laughs> You, you'll miss the excitement, but then you'll still have all these new people and all these new relationships yeah. and interactions and everything. And what a blessing. Today, we have been speaking with Shara about her discovery of her father and half-sister and other half-siblings as well 
on DNA Discoveries. Each week, I promise to continue to bring these stories of finding family. They're heartwarming stories that can encourage others as they begin their search, but also provide us with great hope and joy in this time of pandemic. I invite you, if you enjoy this podcast, to please rate it and review it on whatever platform you listen, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, or whatever platform you might use. You can also follow this podcast on Facebook at DNA Discoveries. I hope that you'll tune in next week as we continue to share these stories of finding family.